What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Frame Skip Podcast. We are on episode 101. Yeah, I did that with my hands. I am your host, Elijah Steele, and with me is Austin, the escaped ape Eller. Oh, I'm I'm escaping from the apes over here, Elijah. <laughs> escape ape. Ape escape. <laughs> Great. I'm, that rolls off the tongue way too nicely, I'm going to be honest. Good. And, and we also have George, Solid Snake Loftus. That was all. I, for some reason, I could not think of something. But you, you, I'm feeling a strong Solid Snake vibe from you today. It's because I'm looking I'm at you, like, a lot of cigarettes and fighting Metal Gears. It's because I wrote X two. <laughs> I forgot he did. <laughs> Freaking David Hater. <laughs> He was in. The, he was in the first one. Yeah, the Renaissance man, David Hater. Yep. David Hater, you're the man. We have a fun show coming up today, but there's one thing we all want to talk about first and foremost. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, on. I actually have a segue I've been planning. May I? Yeah, go for it, Austin. I'm really impressed that you managed to. Uh, Take that ape escape joke and, and make it land. Yeah. Make it land just like some fighter jets. You know, I was rubbing because... that joke for a while. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, you put it on the catapult and just like waited for us to catch it. But uh, that's just. Wow. We, it was a fifth. We it was said a, so many jokes. It was a fifth we generation said so many jokes joke. We're, yeah. we're, we're really riding in a danger zone right uh, now. I'm yeah, just yeah. spreading out my wings tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just going to be playing some offense and defense football at the same time for some <laughs> goddamn reason. <laughs> we have all seen Top Gun. Some of us more than once. Some of us want to see it again. Maverick, by the way, specific. Yes, Top Gun Maverick, specifically, the new one. Oh, I also which... watched the original four times in the last week because I was so oh, hyped up. Yes. Oh, yeah, I, I've watched it multiple times in the past couple weeks. Hold on. Before we even jump into Maverick, I'm going to hijack the conversation like it's an F-14 Tomcat in a, in a Russian military base. Um, you guys, we got to talk about the original Top Gun for half a second. So I rewatched that, like I said, yeah. four times. I don't feel comfortable calling that a movie anymore because there's no like plot point. Like There's no point No, the original Top Gun. No, there's not. The original, there's really not. The original Top Gun is an anime. So hear me out. <laughs> Someone gets picked out of a sea of contestants, basically, and gets brought to a school where they are forced to be number one. There's no point. There's no point. It's literally just Austin is a bad word. It is now. Okay. There's just a a, a measuring contest for like an hour in the middle of the movie trying to see who's a better pilot, Iceman or Maverick. And it's just like literally it's just vibes. The movie. It's just it's like a music yeah. video that's shot exceptionally well. And literally the whole point of the movie is acknowledging you might not be the best and that's okay. Incredible. That's it. That that is the point of the movie. Let me say, I rewatched this movie too recently, uh, leading up to, to Maverick. I, I guess I watched it the week Maverick came out. And uh I hadn't seen it in I don't even know how long, maybe fifteen years. So and honestly I didn't really remember it super well. That movie is damn good. Like as a first watch in a long time, as somebody who really didn't remember that film that well, that movie still holds up very well. 
and yes, there are some cheesy scenes. Yes, the the volleyball, like everybody always talks about that scene, but it's it's so ridiculously good still, all this time later. So that's a good good pivot with that, George. Yeah, that that movie is. For some reason, I will always look at the "You can be my wingman anytime." No, you can be mine. And I'm like, that is so cheesy, and I love it. That's somehow gayer than them playing volleyball. And, like, the volleyball <laughs> scene, like, really doesn't make sense. Like, it's super fun. It's well shot. I really like that scene. Because, like you said, it's just ridiculous, right? Like, that is an anime scene, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um. So, one, they live in San Diego. They know they live in San Diego. That is Southern California. They live by the goddamn Mojave Desert. They know they do. And so this is like a premeditated game of volleyball that they're playing in, right? Yet Maverick shows up in jeans, regardless. Yes. That's point number one. Point number two, Goose is six inches taller than Maverick, yet he's the one setting, like doing the bumps to set Maverick <laughs> first. Like, that makes no sense. And then three, like, he's already 45 minutes late to meet Charlie for dinner that night, right? But he can't play a fifth, like a fifth game to decide the set against Iceman and I assume Slider. And like he shows up to her to her house because like he's just been dangling like, oh, I've got information about the MIG. It's like, actually, no, you don't. We saw that entire interaction. You literally shared everything on the first day of class. But you're just like dangling like a little like a little like bait on a hook, just trying to get Charlie to spend more time with you. You show up to her dinner and you immediately like not even ask demand to take a shower and just go upstairs right after she spent like at least an hour. Cause she's still cooking. Right. Also she probably yeah, knew he was going to be late cause she was still finishing dinner and he was 45 minutes late. That doesn't really make sense. Whatever. She was um, 45 minutes late to making dinner as well. So it just, it timed out perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out great. All that to say <laughs> the, the movie's a 10 out of 10. I wouldn't change anything about that movie, but that Absolutely volleyball scene great. just has so many asterisks on it. Yeah. That 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 movie is fantastic, but I think the thing that surprises me the most: how is this new one even better? And not only that, how is this new one one of the best movies I've ever seen? I was going to say this is like a top five movie of all time for me, easily. Like no, Absolutely. without a doubt. Um, some of the most fun I have ever, ever, ever had watching a movie. And um, yeah, you know, it's got its its share of problems, like there oh, yeah. here and there, plot wise, but. Um, I, that's just not the point of the film, just like it wasn't with the first one. And yeah, no, um, dude, it is so good. I saw it in IMAX and that was just a godly experience. And I am not even kidding. Like that, that was something that I will never forget for the rest of my life. I don't doubt. <laughs> I, uh, if, if I would have known it was going to not only be so good, but knew that the a certain experience would have been so good i would have driven the two and a half hours to go see it in 4dx yeah that's the closest 4dx theater and i've heard that that movie in 4dx is just incredible i got a buddy who saw it in 4dx and he was uh quite blown away that sounds like a pun <laughs> I, it's not like he he was really floored with how good it was it it was, but it wasn't because apparently they bl like blow the feeling of snow into the theater. Did you guys think it was like too nostalgia heavy? Um, I think it rode that line rather well. Yeah, I could I could completely see 
someone being like, yeah, it was way too nostalgia heavy. And I'd be like, yeah, I, I, I get that. But I think it rode the line well enough. I think for story-based reasons, it kind of was and wasn't. Because the whole reason that Rooster was mad at him, I'm like, oh, you're mad at him for this little thing, not the fact that you kind of hinted at you think your dad died because of Maverick. But that's just kind of thrown by the wayside for most of the movie. No, it's just this one other little thing. Oh, no, it sent me back a couple years. Yeah. I didn't really have oh a problem God. with the nostalgia um, as far as it being too heavy. I, I thought it worked really well. I thought, um, you know, to me, it played off more of a an amazing kind of true sequel to the original film. It was kind of how I mm-hmm. felt. Um, I didn't really feel like they were just pulling the nostalgia strings for the sake of nostalgia necessarily, except for a few moments. There were a few moments, but um, it really felt to me like that movie, you know, technology aside, they could have released it two, three years after the original and it would have felt, you know, directly in line. Yeah, I I think the biggest nostalgia heavy thing that I'm like, why are they doing this is Jennifer Connelly's character. And like, this isn't a spoiler or anything, but she's literally a character that was mentioned two lines in the original movie. Yeah. And those lines were literally to set up how Maverick has like grown up from how yeah. he used to be. And that's it. That's all she, I didn't know that was her until afterwards. And I listened to another podcast and they talked about, I'm like, Oh my God, they're right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't think she had yeah. to be, I mean, we can say it, right? It's not really like a spoiler. No. Okay. No. She didn't have to be the Admiral's daughter that was mentioned twice in the yeah. first movie, being like, wait, yeah. you banged the Admiral's daughter? Like that didn't that didn't yeah, it didn't have to be her. Yeah. No. <laughs> like like I said, in the original movie, that was set up to show, oh, he's not like he has grown up since then. Mm. It, she didn't need to be. There were two I love Jennifer Connor. Oh my god, yeah. We're gonna get to her in just a second. We're gonna wrap this up because we're a video game podcast, darn it. Um, I could just talk about Top Gun Maverick for like six hours is the problem. Same. Uh, so I think I agree with both of you about the nostalgia. I think I think there was probably too much. But if they had done any more, then it would have been like unbearably too much. Like, I just felt like those scenes when they were like showing Goose die in the first movie and then like cutting to like Meg Ryan's character saying like, he loved flying with you, Maverick, you know, like whatever. That was like, I probably honestly could have done with a little less Meg Ryan. Yes, uh, that's fair. I yeah. think that just went a little too far. And then, like, we're saying this, like, the opening scene is, like, literally a shot-for-shot shot remake shot for shot. of the opening scene from the first like movie. So hyped. Yeah, and, like, we're not even talking about that, like, riding the nostalgia train so far. You know, like, I'm literally yeah. talking about, like, the flashbacks. And granted, it's a sequel that came out 36 years after the original, right? Yeah. 86, yeah, to 2022. I mean, it's yeah, supposed yeah, to come out. 36. Yeah, it's supposed to come out last year or the year before. But still, like, that's insane. So I understand why they threw that stuff in there. Um, who's hotter, Jennifer Connelly or Glenn Powell? Oh God, dude, that Glenn is Powell honestly a hard good. question. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you hear the fun thing about him? No, he he was worried about that beach football scene, and the director goes, "Hey, if you do this, I guarantee you, you'll get your gif." And from that opening trailer where it showed him, there was a gif of him already. And he goes, I've made it. <laughs> Everything I've wanted in life is here. But not only that, they he wanted oiled up so much 
that they had to take the oil from him in between takes <laughs> because he would keep putting it on. <laughs> I want to be friends with him. Okay, my answer, George, is Glenn Powell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. super yeah. close to Jennifer Connelly. Absolute smoke show. She's hotter now than she was in Career Opportunities, which is yeah. really saying something. Um, probably hotter here than she was in The Rocketeer, like movies that came out like 30 years ago, you know, when she was just like in her mid-20s. She's an absolute mega babe here, apex babe in this movie. But Glenn Powell, holy, holy hell. Also, like, there there are characters, and this isn't really a spoiler because this movie isn't going to make you hate main characters, but, like, he ends up becoming, like, by the end of the movie, I'm like, all right, I like him. Yeah, it didn't make me want to be a fighter pilot. It made me want to be Glenn Powell. Like, I think that's, like, my yeah. big takeaway from the movie. Let me just say, by yeah. the way, the, without spoiling anything, this is my last point. And by the way, if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, I don't even care if you didn't like the original. Go see this damn movie. It is so good from a te- technology standpoint. Um, it's just it's it's a phenomenal piece of art, honestly. And yeah. um, the for me, the the most incredible thing about this film that they I didn't think they were going to succeed with was let's just say the reunion scene. Um, yes. It's yes. so touching, so touching. Yeah. They just nailed, nailed, nailed that, Absolutely. that scene um, so well. And so that's that's kind of what I'll, I'll hand and off on. The, the last thing I'll say is the, the biggest thing I can say about the film, the movie as a whole is amazing. The last hour of this movie, I feel like, is one of the most cinematic experiences that you will never, ever experience again. Yes. Like, I feel like it was done almost perfect. Yeah. Last hour is like all gas. It's amazing. It's yeah. I, I normally don't like third acts that like ride that long. But holy crap. Like it it, it, it earned it and it pulled it off. Yeah. Like that. That's the wild thing. There were so many moments in that movie where I'm like, oh, I want to cry. But so many where it took everything in me to, not to stand up in the theater and go, let's go. Seriously. Um, Seriously. We don't need to talk about Tom Cruise. Everyone knows who Tom Cruise is. We probably don't even need to talk about Jennifer Connelly. Everyone knows who Jennifer Connelly is. But if you're looking to get a little bit more Glenn Powell, there's a movie on Netflix called Set It Up that I cannot recommend enough. It's like a romantic comedy where he is like an underworked assistant to Tay Diggs. And there's this woman across the street who's an under or overworked assistant. Sorry, they're both overworked assistants. And she's to Lucy Liu. And so they conspire to set their two bosses up so they'll be happier so they have more free time. And Glenn Powell is absolutely amazing in that movie. And the director of this movie is a guy named Joseph Kaczynski who did Tron Legacy, which is one of the best movies of the last 15 years. Amazing film. George, I am so glad we're all on the same page on that film because it got mixed reviews critically. And I think that is one of the best one of the best films disney has ever released yeah no that, that, i don't like this movie i think is better actually i don't even know if it's better i think i enjoy it more you know like the, the difference yeah, yeah. there yeah. but like that movie is a a work of art tron legacy that movie's yeah. absolutely absolutely incredible. i i enjoyed tron i saw it i'm like this is fine then i saw tron legacy and i'm like i love this movie yeah and the last thing i'll say about this movie is glenn powell <laughs> yeah just seriously go go see this movie you want to see it in theaters yeah. which is yes. not something i say for many movies but this is one that needs to be seen in theater i like bob toothpicks to practice how he does like that flip with a toothpick when he like realizes <laughs> someone is 
someone else. Um, incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. That yeah. Oh yes. But we are here for games today. And we're going to head into what we've been playing. So we're going to start with, if I'm not mistaken, George, did you say you haven't really been playing too much this week? I've played one hour of a video game since the last time we talked, and it wasn't Deep Rock Galactic. I bought Diablo 2 because some friends from college were like, we got to play a game together. Let's just play a game together. And I played Diablo 2 back in the day. It was fun when it was like, you know, the best game out. Like Have you guys? Yeah, <laughs> maybe even earlier. I think like two thousand one. Yeah. So, like, I understand. Like, I think it's really important to make a one for one remake just for games preservation. I do think that's really important. I think we can't forget all the hours and ideas and innovation that went into something just because it came out years ago and it can be improved. That said. You should, you should also include like a modern mode because <laughs> that game is rough around the edges. All I'm going to say about that game, it's really pretty. I miss when games looked like that when it was almost like claymation figures, just like stampeding around like a landscape. But that game, it's like speaking like I was an English major in college. And so I chose English majors. I'm like, oh, I read a lot of books. I'll really take to this, you know, area of study. And then I was like reading Chaucer and I'm like, man, this sucks. Like just trying to understand this like vaguely familiar language that doesn't really make sense. But, you know, it was like the first novelist back in the 1600s or whatever. So like we got to read it. It's important. But like, yeah, that's great. I'm not going to read this for fun. I'm literally reading this because like yeah. you're making me. Uh, so that's kind of how I feel about Diablo 2. I, you know, I've thought about getting it on sale because I never played it when it came out. Diablo 3 was my first and only Diablo experience pretty much up to this point. But I'm like yeah. concerned that I'm going to have the same exact reaction, especially as somebody who has never played Diablo 2. Um, I don't know that I could go back from 3 and how fluid 3 is back to, to 2 as much as I would like to try the remaster. It's the UI. Like it's it's yeah. completely the the user interface that yeah. like hampers it for me. But that's all I've been playing. Alrighty, Austin, what have you been playing? I'm excited to hear about this. Yeah, so I've been playing a slew of games. Um actually, but though the, the uh, just to quickly run through a few. Um I started up Modern Warfare twenty nineteen. Uh really enjoying it so far. I've been back into Jedi Fallen Order. Also really enjoying it this time around. I slapped it on easy mode and that has really upped my experience. But really the the one game I wanted to talk about and, and more so games is um, the new PlayStation Plus uh, service launched this week. The What is it? Premium and Extra? Or- extra and Premium. Yeah, so that launched this week as, as of recording, at least here in America. I know it's been out for a while, I think in Japan and Europe. But uh, came out this week in North America. And uh, of course, as I've probably talked about at, at multiple times throughout the show and our, our previous podcast, Ape Escape is one of my all-time favorite PS1 games. And somehow that was like, what, one of two, three PS1 games that they released as part of the service at launch? I, I want to say there are like seven or eight. Oh, is it that many? Well, then I think Ape, Intelligent, Ape Escape was there. Intelligent Cube. Jumping Flash, Ape Escape, Siphon Filter, Wild Arms, Resident Evil Director's Cut. Mr. Driller. Yeah, Mr. Driller. Was Mr. Driller PSP or PS1? I think it was PS1. 
Okay. There's also well, there's seven. Okay. Well, anyway, it was one of seven, which uh, was not something I was expecting because Ape Escape has kind of fallen to the wayside in Sony's uh, eyes over the past 15 years uh, after Ape Quest came out on PSP. And then we had that PlayStation Move Ape Escape on PS3, which was not not great. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to talk about the quality of the game because everybody knows I, I enjoy it. If you've played Ape Escape, you know, you you've probably had a good time with it. but I more so wanted to talk about the PS1 emulation because um, that's something we did not have on PS4. This is the first time we've had it since uh, PS3, pretty much. And so far, you know, I've played probably four or five hours of Ape Escape, and it's flawless. I, I really don't have any issues with it. Um, I'm really happy because they gave us the NTSC versions and not the PAL versions of the games, which, of course, run at 50 frames, and there's a lot of frame pacing issues with those now. But... Um, there's no real latency that I've noticed with with PS1 games. I'll Good. go and try some of the other ones, but um, it runs very, very well. The uh, save state thing is really cool, and, and you can rewind the game as well, and kind of your, your standard retro style um, you know, UI type stuff that Nintendo's doing and Sony's now doing. So some really cool features. I think it runs excellent. And the other thing I wanted to talk about in tandem with the new PlayStation Plus. And George, you can probably talk about this some because I know you had PlayStation Now for a while, but I tested around uh, last night with the cloud streaming for uh, PS3 games. I had never, well, I had tried PS Now, but it was like when it first launched. So that was seven, eight years ago at this point, maybe even more, and did not have a great experience with it back in the day. It was super, super... um, the, the latency was very high and I really had a hard time playing much of anything, but tested around last night, actually with MotorStorm apocalypse. I was like, what's a game I can quickly jump into. That's relatively high speed that really I could, I could notice some latency on. And so I thought MotorStorm would be a good pick and man, the cloud streaming works really well. <laughs> and I'm kind of shocked. Like I, uh, I messed around with xCloud before. I've messed around with Stadia. Both of them for me have had some noticeable latency. This is the first time I've ever like sat down and played a cloud streaming game and been like, I kind of don't notice any latency at all. And so I had a really good time playing MotorStorm Apocalypse last night. That was one that I actually had never really played much of on PS3. So I think I might jump into it with the cloud streaming and, and kind of play through it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the opportunities with cloud streaming and and I will clarify I am playing on PS5 and I do have um fiber internet so it could be my setup as well but based off what I've played so far I'm very impressed with cloud streaming on PlayStation side even in Maine it's I've had great experiences with PlayStation now um it's like the the days it's like kind of wonky is like the days my internet is wonky you know like I don't take it out on PlayStation and I've been trying to beat this drum for a long time, man. Like, I think PlayStation Now was, like, worth it. And it was just, like, poorly branded, poorly marketed. But I'm I'm glad it's all, uh, like, unified now under one brand. Like, that's that's awesome and definitely adds, if not actual value, then at least, like, the perception of value, which is important. So I'm looking right now at the PS1 and PSP games on the service. Are you ready for this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save my favorite for last. Worms World Party, Worms Armageddon, Wild Arms, Worms two, Tekken Worms two, four, <laughs> Tekken two. Which did you see the accident that was up where it 
cost ten thousand dollars to buy Tekken Two. I did see that. I wonder if there was any sales of that. <laughs> uh, Siphon Filter, Resident Evil Director's Cut, Oddworld Abe's Odyssey, Mister Driller, Jumping Flash, Intelligent Cube, Hot Shots Golf, Echo Chrome, Ape Escape, and my personal favorite, Toy Story Two. Those are the PS1 and PSP games currently up. Toy Story 2 is a good game. Toy Story 2 is confusing because for the longest time it was like Toy Story 3 was on PlayStation now. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard good things, but like, why? Like of all the licensed games, why this one? And so now just seeing Toy Story 2, it's like, okay, like I'm sure it's fine. But like, why? Like, why this one? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do at the service. So I'm, I'm excited to see kind of the games that get trophy support and um same that's honestly that's been the best thing for me so far is just knowing that i'm playing through ape escape and i'm going to get the platinum in that game a game that came out 25 years ago and that i'm now able to platinum and it just it makes me so happy <laughs> that i really wish uh resident evil had a platinum it doesn't I'm oh so really sad. it doesn't have one no wow so i, only wonder, ones do? I wonder if it's like yeah. party games well, that's not true. Yeah. Wild Arms has one, doesn't it? Does it have trophies at all, or just so it doesn't have trophies? Wow. Uh, but also keep in mind, Wild Arms is a Sony game. Oh, it is. Oh, okay, I thought it was a yes. party one. Okay, that makes more sense because I, I checked Siphon Filter. I downloaded that one. I couldn't play it because I couldn't find the remote, and it was like twelve thirty, and like nine eight nine studios and it just like woke up my dogs i'm like i can't do this right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to go back and and try to snag that. But I'm really excited. Like, I hope they just like. It, it's like the the binge model, right? For like Netflix, where it's like, yeah, you could dump ten episodes on one day, or you could do one episode a week and have like people talking about it constantly. You know, it's like I I hope it's like mm-hmm. we get like one PlayStation, one PSP, one PS2, one PS3 game like a week or something. Like you do that for like a year, you know. And like I got super into PlayStation Plus games this year, where I was just like, yeah, why am I buying games? Like I I put hundreds of hours into Deep Rock Galactic. So like if they were to do like. They have Siphon Filter. That's great. I'm really excited for Siphon Filter Logan Shadow, the PSP game. And like, uh, what's it? Uh, Dark Mirror, I think is the other one. Like, as soon as those games come out, like, sounds right. You're not going to talk to me for like a, like a week and a half. I'm just going to be playing those games nonstop. So, as for me, what I've been playing, there is really only one thing I've dug my, like, I've been playing some more Death Stranding, but I haven't really gotten far enough in that. I'd rather beat that and then talk about it. And I started Resident Evil 7 on PS5, and we'll talk about that coming out and everything. But the real thing I've dug into is I, on Sunday night, finished my first playthrough of The Quarry, the new game from Supermassive Games with a stellar cast, like a wow cast. This game, the whole premise is a bunch of camp counselors, which are all the teenagers and such are in Hackett's quarry for the night and they start being hunted by enter thing here. And one thing I, at first I was like, okay, they tell you what's hunting them very early in like chapter three or four of 10, you find out what's hunting them, but there is a deeper story to this to have me going, Oh, okay. Okay. What, uh, what, what what's going on here? But the biggest thing I have to say about this game, first off, the controls I feel like are much better than other supermassive games. 
where it will be, you know, go and go and then press the circle button. Now go and go and triangle. Go and go and circle. This, there are, I've noticed two kinds of prompts. There is repeatedly tap X and there's press a direction on the left thumbstick. It'll be up or right. And it feels much more natural because say you're running away and there's root on the ground. It'll have you press up to go over it. Or there, there's a tree limb will have you go down to duck under it. It feels much more natural to me. Like, oh, I, I would want to do that because instinct, instinctively, I want to press down. But like, no, don't run into it. Meanwhile, in like Until Dawn, it's there's a tree, tree branch coming up. Hit square. I'm like, okay. That's one of the first things I have to say is I think the controls are much more intuitive. But the other thing, there's a lot less dying from button prompts. And a lot more dying from just, well, I made the wrong choice. I had one where I'm like, well, this seems like a, like a good choice. And as soon as I made it, I'm like, shouldn't have done that. I should not have done that. I'm, I was safe right here. And literally, X thing can't get to me right here. And as soon as the, I'm like, okay, my character's going to make it. As soon as it makes it, the thing pops out and just rips my head off. I'm like, oh, okay strike them off the surviving list <laughs> going into the final chapter of this game i had eight people or there are nine characters that can live or die like nine main playable characters i had eight of them alive seven or eight finishing this game i basically had one because everything can go horribly in the last chapter of that game but the biggest thing I have to give is they really stepped up their technology department. Brenda's song. There are moments in this game where I'm like, this is just live action. They just filmed her out in nature. Like her just animations are yeah. scary accurate. I was going to say, I was watching some footage of it earlier and, and um, the animations look crazy good. Compared to, I mean, I, I haven't really seen any of their other games aside from Until Dawn, but compared to Until Dawn, um, they they look massively upgraded compared to. And, and they even do for like House of Ashes and everything. You can see where the money went on this one, which is nice that you can see where like where it went. That's that was gonna you be can, that was gonna be my question. Like, price. Is there like a continuation from like those like anthology games? Like, do you see like? Like, is it so, like A, B, C, D, E, F, and like now we're here at the quarry, or does it seem like an actual like generational leap from those games? No, th this is like you can see a major different, a major split between the two because the next Dark Pictures anthology game comes out this fall. And I guarantee you it'll look a lot more like uh, House of Ashes and Man of Madon, the other ones. I'm hoping I'm wrong. Because now that they have this like upgraded technology, maybe it'll help them. But I, I'm, I'm gonna guess that their next game won't look this like look this good. But man, Supermassive keeps showing why they're one of my favorite developers. I love that there were. I'm pretty sure the one character died because I was just so invested in watching it that I probably forgot a button prompt because I was just. I was watching them so I'm like, oh god, what's gonna happen next? Okay, well, I probably missed something. But it just 
also the cast. I mentioned it. This cast list is crazy. First off, we have Brenda Song, who I'm like in love with. We have David Arquette, who I'm like in love with. Justice Smith who many people know from Detective Pikachu and the or, uh, Jurassic uh, World Fallen Kingdom. Who I'm like not in yeah. love with, but like I'm open to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know the actor who plays Dylan. Like some of them I don't know. Uh, but then we have Ted Raimi, who he's just classic. Grace Z- Zobolowski or something like that. I can't remember. Apparently she's been in a lot of older horror movies. I mainly know her from Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. And she plays Nicolas Cage's mom in Gone in 60 Seconds. We have Ethan Supley, who by name many people wouldn't know, but he was the bully from Boy Meets World. Alleged bully. It was really more Adam Scott. Wait, Adam Scott was in Boy Meets World? Yeah, he, like, moves to the school and, like, takes over the role of, like, the, the bully. Oh my God, he's simply, he's, he's got a, a real character arc on that show. He's the son of Vader, but, like, turns it around and becomes, like, a sweet, sensitive boy. <laughs> also, he's also like, yoked now. He's, like, out of his Oh, mind. my gosh, yes. Yeah. He's also in the movie Unbreakable. He's the one that lets the train get away at the beginning. Yeah. My name is Earl. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Lance Henriksen. Who he's one of those actors I couldn't picture where I know him from, but you see him and you're like, yeah, I know him. Like there, this is such a wild and good cast, and I love it. Like there was no character I didn't like. Like in Until Dawn, the one character Emily, I'm like, whatever happens, happens. I don't care. By the end of the game, I'm still like, kind of sad you're not dead. The world doesn't need you. But this game, I I want everybody to survive. It, it it has character arcs for some of those characters. It is just so the writing is so much better. I love the quarry. Like it, I I'm giving it time. I'm replaying it to try and get uh, everyone to survive and such. But it might be giving Elden Ring a run for its money for my game of the year right now, just because I literally can't stop thinking of this game. Like all day, the past couple of days, I'm like. All right, what if I should? But I want to do this. But remember that time? Now I wonder how. Like it's just constantly on my mind. Yeah. Right now I'm thinking about how much I want to continue playing the quarry again. It's definitely one I want to pick up um, as soon as it's on sale. You know, I I loved Until Dawn, loved Until Dawn, and just to see them kind of come back to that style of of storytelling. I mean, I know they've they've kind of been doing it with their. Uh, dark pictures dark pictures game but obviously this is more of kind of a spiritual successor to until dawn and that just many people really has my attention many people forget they also did the playlink game hidden agenda starring i can't remember her name but she was one of the characters in arrow like the main female character no 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 not felicity i loved felicity felicity the like his love interest in it oh I don't even know. Yeah, I, I I can't think of her name off the top of my head. I can't even think of her character. <laughs> no. no. uh, but she she's the main character in that. Fun game. Fun game. You can get it for like five bucks. I recommend it. Hmm. Supermassive just continues to up their game, and I love seeing it. It's pretty ballsy to name your studio Supermassive, because like, wouldn't it just be so easy of a headline to be like, Supermassive Disappointment? 
right? Like, <laughs> it raise itself. Absolutely. Thankfully, that's not a thing. I cannot wait for their next seven Dark Pictures games that they have trademarked. Like, they are one of the few things where it's like, I will not get tired of playing that. They can release two a year, and I'm like, I'm fine with that. I'm never going to get tired, which is amazing. But that's it for what we've been playing. Now we're going to get into our main topic, the meat and potatoes of this episode. We are now most of the way through Summer Game Fest. The not E3, the uh, key three, if you will, as I've heard it called, because I just love that name. Oh, my God. (laughs) I have not heard that. (laughs) Giant Palm has trademarked that and well, they didn't trademark it, but you know what I mean? It's wonderful. I absolutely love it. And fellas, what did you think of the show this year? Well, um, so the the actual Summer Games Fest show itself, um, I was not very impressed with, to be honest. I, I did not watch it personally. I went through and kind of watched the highlights. Um, and there were a few things here and there that I, I thought were, were neat, but um, honestly, it was not, not very impressed. And I, I will say part of that, I think, is, um, and this is kind of a, a bigger issue, not, not necessarily something with Summer Games Fest, but part of it was the Last of Us reveal at the end of that show. Um, you know, obviously, it had leaked a little early. It wasn't necessarily even the leak that had me disappointed. It was just the fact that that game in particular is disappointing to me and and what they're doing with it. And so I think that to end off on like the banger, big, like awesome announcement at the end was this kind of like, I really am not a big fan of how they're remaking that game. Uh, That was kind of my opinion, at least. And so with that, I I just, I don't know, man, I, I really was not very happy with Summer Games Fest this year. The actual show itself, there was hardly anything that stuck out to me as like, a, I, I really need to buy this game or really need to play this game. So that's kind of where, where I was at. But George, I hear you've got something to say. My problem with the game show, <clears throat> the games I saw look great, right? Like I'm, this is not a knock against the developers. This is not a knock against the marketers, everyone who worked really hard to try to put these events together for people, right? Like this was done not for their benefit. This was done for us. And like, granted, they, right. Uh, they, it's nice for them to, you know, be be in front of uh, eyes for for marketing their games. But like, my problem is the same problem with like game stores now. And when I say game stores, I mean like the Switch Shop. We're like, oh, cool. Like, wonder what's on sale this week. And it's like thirteen hundred games are on sale this week. I'm like, I'm not yeah. gonna. And so like, I'll look if I don't see anything in like the first twenty, then I'll stop looking. And like the amount of times I guys, I used to love PlayStation sales. I used to go nuts for PlayStation sales. I still remember coming home drunk my senior year of college. And, um, God, what is it? Uh, Burnout Paradise City was on sale for $8 on the PlayStation Network. I'd never seen like a big AAA game on sale for so cheap. I bought it. I was obsessed with it. Platinumed it. Platinum the PS4 version. So much fun, right? I, I get bored looking through PlayStation sales now, my PlayStation 4. There was just too many games. It was too disorganized. It's it's become too decentralized, and like I understand that that's like a good thing, right? Because like voices that normally wouldn't be heard aren't being stopped by Nintendo or Sony or or Xbox at this point. But also, it's like 
no guys, we're here to put our best foot forward. And like some of these games, I'm sorry. They're just like not the best foot to put forward. The the bigger showcases didn't have that issue, but there was so many. I sent you guys like the link to Shaq News, and there's just there's oh, eight million announcements in the last two yeah. weeks, and like I don't know ninety eight percent of them. Um, the thing I will say too is like again, I don't know how people that actually watch the show felt. So this is just me talking as somebody that you know, is reading through this list of announcements. I've watched through most of these trailers, but the showcase itself was what? Two and a half hours, something like that. That just seems two hours. Yeah, it was two hours. I mean, that just seems crazy to me to, to have something that long and, and to cram this many games in. And I think that's part of the issue, George, I should clarify it. You, you're right. Like I'm not looking at these games saying, oh, they all look bad, but it's just so much that I'm like zoned out by the time that I, see this giant list of of stuff <laughs> so that was that was kind of how i felt and again i'm talking about the the summer games fest show in particular a lot of these other ones i didn't watch like the upload vr showcase and um like i know ign did one there's a few others that i didn't watch but yeah the summer games fest in particular i uh was not super impressed with and no like you said the biggest thing is it's not that they're doing it. It's the fact that everybody is doing it. If we were to have, you know, back in the days of E3, we had like five, not even, yeah, about five, five shows. That's it. And everything would be fit in that. And that, that made it so like a lot of the bigger announcements were like all together. Now, this new thing is great for a lot of indie developers because they're getting a lot more showtime now. With like the wholesome directs, the Grilla Collective, and even like the the IGN Summer of Gaming show, there's a lot of indie stuff being shown off now, which is great. But it also means there is so much spread out that the like these shows are not going to have all this big stuff anymore because all that big stuff is in a wider range. So while definitely like it does not have that big pop. I also don't like I can't blame Jeff for it not having that big pop. Oh, yeah. Because how how is he supposed to do it when these eight other shows all want that big pop, too? And they're trying to get stuff and you do what you can. Yeah. I mean, they're all competing in the same space. They're all trying to make their own show entertaining and exactly, you know, fun stuff for for viewers. So, no, I totally agree. I mean, I'm look, I'm not I'm not blaming Jeff for for anything. I think it's more so just the, the nature of what we're in now, kind of like we talked about last week with, um, you know, E3 is pretty much gone and this is what we've got and this is what it's turned into. The thing I will say is that I don't, I don't have a problem with all these games getting shown off more. Like I, I, I do like that each little game gets its own time to shine through all these, these different directs or whatever you want to call them. My issue is though, with this mass amount of, showcases like i i just don't know how anybody can watch all this like i'm again i'm looking at this this article and there were what probably 10 in the past week i mean that's i would assume at least 15 to 20 hours of of watch time if you want to watch all this stuff and i yeah it's it's too much it's it's i'm gonna blame jeff a little bit actually um what's that supreme court quote about like 
I can't define pornography, but I know it when I see it. Yep. Like I'm starting to feel that way about these. Like, okay, this isn't technically a commercial, but I know it is. Like, I'm not saying like there has to be like more artistic integrity with this stuff, but like I need to feel less like I'm watching an infomercial and more like I'm seeing something that's like trying to appeal to more than my wallet, you know? And like that's not fair because like so many E3s were about like they are just commercials, right? Like the way G.I. Joe is just a commercial for the toys. Like it is that, but it's like, yeah, but when Infamous 2 was revealed, I didn't see like it didn't feel like Sony was asking me for 60 bucks. Like it felt like they were raising their own bar. You know, like there's just something like subtly different in the presentation that feels just like a way more corporatized now and like way more product driven than it ever used to be like it seemed if it maybe I'm was, I was just younger and more naive, but like it feels less about conversation and more about just dollars at the end of each of these showcases. Like the Microsoft one, I think probably did the best where it was just like, it felt like people saying, here's some interesting things we're working on. What do you think? But like games mm-hmm. fest in particular, man, like come on and like limited run. I'm torn because like they do such cool things, but like that really is just like, a catalog i watch you know like oh, absolutely so that that one's tough and like that, that one's literally about here's some stuff we're going to put out for sale for you to buy yeah exactly and so like uh but like you're a store <laughs> so like what the, and, and like a publisher who sells like purposefully obscure stuff so like well i'm not gonna get mad at you but like for some reason it just feels dirty when jeff Keeley does it you know but like also if you weren't doing it someone else would or nobody would like i don't know what's better you know yeah, and I, I will say too, I mean, just to kind of go further on the the whole length and, and sheer amount of content, I think, um, you know, to talk about Summer Games Fest as a whole and, and kind of the different showcases we've gotten, not just the Summer Games Fest one in particular, I think the one I actually enjoyed the most, aside from the state of play, which I don't know, I guess it is the state of play. That one is technically part of Summer Games Fest. The one I enjoyed the most was actually the Capcom showcase because it was like 25 30 minutes they showed a few th- 35 minutes they um really focused on a few areas and you know i i'm not even like a big street fighter fan but just seeing some of street fighter seeing some of exo primal like i really like that i came out of that with like five things to talk about rather than 600 and i get that that's just me like i know that it's i i know they can't appease to everybody but um or appeal to everybody but that was the one i actually enjoyed the most um seeing some of resident evil and and them talking about dragon's dogma and just some some interesting little tidbits and i i enjoyed that my my favorite thing about the capcom was and street fighter 6 we'll talk about it more later yeah like okay that's but in uh, i guess uh, in their defense they did show it twice already so well, especially like with with something like that, like you don't really care about like you care about like character reveals at that point, right? And it's like yeah. Nintendo's kind of yeah. like, set the tone for like I don't want to say best practices for how to reveal characters, but like better practices for how to reveal characters. I think you want to follow more in like a, a a trickle rhythm the way Nintendo does. So it makes sense that they didn't do more, you know. But like we got to see the game, we know it's real. I think it looks gorgeous. Like I'm actually really interested in checking it out. The last I got super into Street Fighter 4 when that came out because I was like a freshman in college, sophomore in college. Yeah. 
and uh good god that game was so much fun so i'm actually i took a break on five but six looks pretty fun it really does uh what did you fellas think of the xbox showcase i'm like torn i i thought it was all right um i think the the big thing for me this year overall and not just with um with uh xbox with the summer games fest even with capcom i think the only one that really offered like a holy crap like here's a huge announcement was the state of play with resident evil 4 remake and i felt like still the xbox showcase kind of lacked that like there was nothing there was no big announcement for me in in the showcase which again you know um i'm not saying that all these these other games that they discussed during the showcase didn't matter it's just um, maybe I need to kind of lower my expectations based off what they've they've shown previously. But I mean, their big their big reveal in my eyes. Maybe you guys disagree with this. Aside from Starfield, obviously, which you know we saw a little bit of last year. Their big quote unquote reveal was Forza Motorsport. And as much as I love Forza, it's as Seth was actually talking about this in the chat the other day. You know, I'm going to get this game day one. I'm going to play the living crap mm-hmm. out of it. But it is another Forza. Like, yeah, it, it wasn't really mind blowing to see Forza Motorsport. So like it was it was good. I thought the showcase overall was good. I just didn't think it was amazing or anything. I, I will say I do like that they focused on, hey, all this stuff is coming out in the next 12 months. I agree with that. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. That being said, that kind of made it so we can't really. We're not really going to show you anything that's like, hey, you didn't know about this. Honestly, I think the biggest reveal of the whole thing was at least now we know we can expect Hollow Knight Silk Song within the next 12 months. That's valid. That's valid. That, that's that's <laughs> well, the biggest we'll that's the biggest surprise. Um that is like Redfall, cool. We got gameplay. All right, yeah. But we we had a rough esti- like rough idea of what that is about. Starfield, Starfield just kind of showed this is exactly what we thought it was. Yeah. Um, but like the big thing was wait, Hollow Knight here. Wait, does that mean the next twelve months? Because you're always hearing, hearing Silk Song, Silk Song, Silk Song. Where is it? When is it? When is it? When is it? Right. And there was just never anything. And this was our first like, holy crap! And that was yeah. the biggest thing of the show. Yeah, and I mean there were a few surprising moments. Like I think the um, you know, this isn't really my game anymore. I played this game a lot when it first came out. But Overwatch Two going free to play, I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting announcement. The stuff with Riot with uh, Game Pass, where you get all that was big League of Legends characters. That's actually a huge deal. That's huge. Um, and then the Persona announcements, Persona Three, Four, and Five coming to Xbox and Game Pass specifically. Um, that was a pretty big deal too. But again, um, not. I guess the the thing is there was no big like blockbuster game announcement this time around, and um, mm-hmm. you know, for better or for worse. So. Yeah, there was no, like, it felt like a lot of, like, in baseball terms, like, a lot of singles and, like, doubles. And, like, I guess, honestly, that Persona news, I feel like it's probably, like, a triple for most people. Yeah. But the stuff they, like, really tried to sort of hang their show on was Forza Motorsport, uh, was, not Back for Blood, Red? Redfall. Redfall, Redfall. thank you. I was like, Red Guard? No. Mouse Guard? No. (laughs) Um, Like, that, like, all that stuff seems great and everything, but... Like there needs to be like a nuclear ban treaty equivalent for video games where I feel like we got to do something in the winter. Right. And then we got to do something in the summer and the summer is like literally about 
the rest of summer and like fall. Right. And that's like all you're allowed to talk about. And then like in December, like, you know, around the holidays, that's when you talk about the next six months. But like, all right, I, I made a list of like either unanswerable questions or just like general comments from from E3. And so I'm going to s- steal one right now and just go Elder Scrolls six is just in pre-production now. And then Fallout 5. Like, either I'm going to die or Todd Howard is going to die. But, like, we're not, like, <laughs> something is going to happen yeah. before we get to Fallout 5. You know, like... Absolutely. There's no there's no point in talking about games that are, like, exclusively hypothetical at this point. No. No. Um, there was no reason for him to even bring up Fallout 5. Like, that no. that no. could not have even been brought up. I'm absolutely not. Uh, I was a little shocked when I when I saw that this morning. But um, just kind of on that topic, though, I mean, how are we feeling about Starfield? Because I feel like I'm like living under a rock or something. They started the show off, you know, um, I think it was Pete Hines came out and he was like, yeah, we're going to see the most anticipated RPG of RPG the of the or uh, of the last 20 years. Yeah. And I was like. I don't know, man. Like, again, maybe I'm living under a rock. Holy but crap, I Fable's just, here? <laughs> I, w- I was watching that stream with some people, and I'm like, they have Final Fantasy 16 here? I just... Uh, I, I feel like that's much more anticipated than Starfield, even. I mean, but hype aside, like, you know, let alone the fact that I'm not, like, crazy excited for the game itself, even prior to them showing this gameplay, maybe I'm insane. Because I feel like the rest of the internet, like, went berserk. Yeah. Starfield does not look that good to me. No, not. I me mean, either. it looks like something they could have released ten years ago. And I, it, I genuinely think Outer World still looks better. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> My notes, the, the way I said I had like questions and notes. The note I have for Starfield: the more I see of Starfield, which I guess looks impressive, the less I care about it. Yeah, <sighs> like the the space shooting stuff looked fine. Like I like the yeah. idea of like exploring interplanetary. Yeah interplanetary bodies that's great and all but like the combat maybe it'll feel good but it doesn't look like it feels good no no it looks about the same as fallout 4 and fallout 4 was a huge improvement over fallout 3 and that's like the only nice thing you can say about it was that it wasn't as bad as the last game (laughs) i just i don't know man maybe i'm insane because everybody i've talked to is so excited for this and they they think it looks incredible and Look, I'll give it a shot. Like, I'm curious if it's going to be on Game Pass, but I just, I don't know. I, I really don't see the hype behind this game. Yeah, neither do I. And I, I will say it, it does look pretty by comparison to like Fallout 4, like the lighting. Oh, absolutely. Considerably better. Um, it's just the gameplay, like the engine. It's very obvious. They're still on the same engine they've been using for 20, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I think it's it time for them. Really to is. I think it's time for them to move on because just for me, it shows. So, but there, there's definitely stuff like, like you said, George. I think the space flight is interesting. I mean, there, there's definitely stuff in the trailer, the gameplay that they showed, where I was like, oh, that's cool, but not enough. The, the, the build your own uh, ship is cool. Yeah, I agree. This is not not enough for me to say it's the most anticipated RPG of the last twenty years. It's also just <laughs> no. kind of like, oh, so it's kind of like No Man's Sky, which was kind of like Minecraft. Like, it's just like, yeah, like, I'm glad we're getting like more, I guess, cinematic presentations of like these ideas that like didn't have the resources when they first came out. But like, at the same time, it's like, we don't need 
the last of us remastered <laughs> like a third time, man. Like it's, it's, you're like, you know, like, it's just like, Oh cool. Like this is just super no man's sky, but like we already have no man's sky, which like people have seemed to really come around. Like how, like how badly do we need this? Oh God. Yeah, they have. And what I will say is that, and I'm curious where this is going to go, but when he was like, Oh yeah, we've got over a thousand planets you could explore. I was like, Ooh, that did not go well last time. So we'll see how that turns <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> Now, I also want to say, apparently, we are in the minority with The Last of Us remake, because I'm going to say 95% of the people I know are stoked for it. Jesus Christ. I'm not at all. Not not literally whatsoever. Have some respect for yourselves, people. (laughs) You already got this game. I hate to just rail on all these big games this episode, but I, I don't know, man. Just some of the stuff that has shown off, I'm like... What pl- what planet do I live on right now? Like this is just some yeah. weird, weird year of of announcements. And look, I here's what I will say: Last of Us Remaster does look good. I mean, when you watch the trailer, it does look like a good game, like graphically. Um, but to say that it's worth seventy dollars when we've already got a PS4 port that runs at sixty frames and runs in four K, and you know, it's I just. Mm, I don't know, man. Well, we'll see because I know I'm going to get it. I know me. Yeah, I'll get it when it's uh, like 10 bucks on PlayStation yeah. sale. I'll probably grab it Black Friday, which will result in me getting it the day it comes out. So the last specific showcase we want to talk about is the Capcom showcase, which I thought was pretty great. And it's not because we got some longer segments, but we knew we were going to. So it's not like it was a surprise or anything. Austin, what did you think of it? I thought it was good. Like I said, I think overall, aside from the state of play, the state of play of all the stuff that we've seen, it was my favorite for sure. Absolutely. Um, Like without a doubt, the state of play was phenomenal. Um, I really liked the Capcom event, and I'm not just saying that because of Monster Hunter. I I really liked what they showed of Monster Hunter, obviously. Um, Bringing back Gormagala, which is one of my all-time favorites, is uh, just such great news. But the, rest- the monster you didn't get to because you stopped halfway through the movie. <laughs> hey, I was watching it on an airplane. I had to go to sleep. Um, sure, sure, that was the reason. The Resident Evil announcements. Oh my god! So I was good. in tears. I was in tears. Like I'm not even kidding. I was never expecting third person support for Village. Like that got me so excited. And um, so, for for those who don't know, everything that got announced for Resident Evil. So they announced the. Uh, what's what's it called the like Winters DLC or something like that? Yep. And what it is is it's the Shadows of Rose DLC, which takes place two years after the epilogue of the game in the year twenty thirty eight. Uh, we get uh new mercenaries content, which lets you play as Chris Alcina Dimitrescu and Carl Heisenberg. And we are getting third person mode in the main game. And they're saying that Resident Evil Reverse will be coming out that same day. Yeah. Now that was that was all just for Village. Yeah. Then they showed a little more of Resident Evil 4 remake. And when I say a little more, I mean a little yeah, more. Not much. Um, but one big thing is it looks like uh, Leon can walk and shoot at the same time. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. But. <laughs> Yeah, I never played Resident Evil 4, so like that's he can't do that. Yeah, that's embarrassing. As a as a um, as a Secret Service agent protecting the president's daughter, you should be ashamed that you can't walk and shoot 
idiot. Oh, I, I've had an idea for a parody video in my head for like the last 10 years. And the last thing they announced was Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil 2, and Resident Evil 3 remakes all are out now on PlayStation 5 and the Xbox series of consoles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a great list of Resident Evil announcements. I, I was really Re- impressed. Resident Evil fans aren't hungry anymore. Yeah. We're getting plenty. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they they showed a couple other things. Like I said, they, they showed off the Capcom fighting collection and there was the like arcade um, ports they're doing. The uh, only thing I will say I'm still not a big fan of is Exo Primal. They showed that off and, you know, it looks interesting, but gameplay wise, I'm not sure how long that's going to hold up. So I am going to uh, before I forget, I want to sign up for the closed network test. Yeah, I do want to try it. it. It looks interesting, but I think we had discussed before that it's like a 4v4 like shooter online it's a five it is a 5v5ve it's a pvpve okay where like you're competing against the other team by competing against environment yeah. like npc enemies it's like it's trying a little bit too much but i love dinosaurs so i'm probably gonna try it again. yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> now the last thing is, I don't know about y'all, but I brought my five favorite games I saw at Summer Game Fest this year. Yes. And I know Austin did. George, I don't know if... No, I got my, my comments and questions. Okay. Uh, I was watching, but I was also like working and traveling during Summer Games Fest, so I didn't really That's get fair. to watch yeah. it too closely. So I wanted to defer to you two, and then I just have what I managed to see, questions for that. So... I went with, it was so hard for me to narrow everything down. So I went with stuff that I specifically didn't know about before. Whether it was brand new and shown off for the first time, or it was before and I just never saw it. That's what I went, the stipulations I put on myself. So Austin, why don't we start with you? What were your five favorite games of the show? Okay, so number one... I think clearly for me was the Resident Evil 4 remake. I I mean without a without a doubt that was the thing that was the big announcement of the show for me. Um <laughs> the other ones, you know, I I didn't go with the same rules you had, so I kind of focused on, you know, new gameplay for games we had previously heard of or previously been announced. Uh Callisto Protocol looks so good. Dude. Oh my I need god. That game of my life right now. That game Right. Phenomenal. Oh. Phenomenal, and I was not expecting that. With you know, coming from this, like we talked about it last week, how it was supposed to be like in the PUBG universe originally, and like yeah, I, don't know, I just didn't know much about it. And I was like, when I first heard that, whenever they announced it a year or two ago, I was not convinced this was going to be something I would play. But just seeing that footage and seeing um, it very clearly as a spiritual successor to Dead Space, oh, dude, I I need that game right now. And December, yeah. Um, Redfall, you know, last year we got the, uh, the CGI trailer for Redfall. We didn't really know what it was. It sounds like it's kind of like, um, like a, like a Borderlands, like, um, uh, what's the other zombie game that came out recently? The, the second one, Dying Light, like a Borderlands Dying Light style four player open world co-op RPG type game mixed with like the Deathloop, um, style powers you know shooting type gameplay and and that just mm-hmm. super interested 
Um, another one I brought up Forza, Forza Motorsport. I can't talk Forza Motorsport Motorsport. earlier. The Forza 5, Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels DLC. (laughs) Dude, I am so excited for that. I love the Hot Wheels DLC in 3. One of my favorite expansions, honestly, of any game of all time. And so I'm so excited to to have that back. Wasn't big on the Lego expansion in 4, so I'm really excited to see Hot Wheels back. Um, And then, let's see, I've got two more, right? How many have I brought up? No, Redfall. Okay, I've got one more. So my my last one I'll say is, uh, even though this comes out technically tomorrow at the time of recording, is uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge, Woo! which they showed more of, and they announced it was going to release on Game Pass and six-player online co-op, which is awesome. And so that game is getting really good reviews and seeing more gameplay of it and seeing you know, just a Game Pass announcement immediately. I was like, oh, here we go. I, I love this. So can't wait to play that this week i'm i'll talk about it next week for sure it looks so good i I plan on getting it from limited run for my five that i'm bringing the table like i said it's ones i had never seen before first up uh, you know resident evil 4 remake like you mentioned like I i don't have anything more to say it's my the original one is my number four favorite game of all time looks amazing now uh the next one is called nightingale I, I got the Steam descriptions for each of them. Set out on a journey of survival and adventure in the mysterious and dangerous Fey realms of Nightingale. Become an intrepid realm walker and venture forth alone or with friends as you explore, craft, build, and fight across a visually stunning Gaslamp fantasy world. It's a survival game set in a fantasy world. First-person shooter. It looks really fun to me. The next up is called Wokong Fallen Destiny. The story of a militia soldier fighting for survival in a dark fantasy Three Kingdoms world. This was shown during the Xbox showcase, and it's from Team Ninja. And the producers on it made Neo and Bloodborne. Yeah, that when I heard that, I was like, "Oh boy, this is going to be that that going to be good." All, all that's literally. How about we make a game for Elijah? The next one is from the Devolver showcase called The Plucky Squire. Storybook characters discover a three-dimensional world outside the pages of their book and must jump between 2D and 3D realms to save their friends in this charming action adventure. This game, the biggest thing I can say is watch the trailer. Because it surprised the hell out of me. Yeah, it does. It looks amazing. It looks so fun. And the art is incredible. But the biggest one that surprised me was shown during IGN's showcase called Wanted Dead. Now, apparently this was announced before, and I went back and watched the older trailers, too. I had no idea. Wanted Dead is a new hybrid slasher shooter from the makers of Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive. The game follows a week in life of the zombie unit, an elite Hong Kong police squad on a mission to uncover a major corporate conspiracy. Watching this gameplay, like, in the trailer, there's live action, there's anime, there's the gameplay which is very reminiscent which kind of reminds me of lollipop chainsaw in a way like with how some things are and i'm like that's everything i need right there this looks so fun like this this literally i watched this trailer and by the end of it i'm like i need to know a release date so i can pre-order it right now and i went back and watched the old trailers this game is looks incredible it looks so fun 
it looks like everything I didn't realize I love playing. Like it has the humor in it. It has, it looks like the gameplay for me. This game looks incredible. Even if it's like a seven, a 6.5 to seven of a game, it, it looks like it could be like one of the top games of the year for me. If it plays out correctly. Nice. Uh, that is the top five that I, like I said, I didn't know about beforehand. And I really liked the showcase this year. It had a lot for me. Um, I totally understand it being too long for people. I watched a lot of it while I was at work, like watched slash listen. I'm hoping it gets better next year. We'll see. E3 is supposedly back next year. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, supposedly. <laughs> All right, so Elijah had to dip out on us, but we're we're still going to wrap up the show. So George, uh, I know you've got a couple questions regarding Summer Games Fest or, or a couple comments regarding Summer Games Fest. So fire away. Yeah, yeah, I sure do, Austin. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I've already asked two, Elder Scrolls Six. are we going to die before that comes out? Starfield, less more I see, less I care about. But I got some other comments, and then we're going to jump into questions. First off, it was awesome to see so much PSVR support. Yes. Being fans of the Vita, as we both are. Yes. It's really nice to see a Sony console that, like, you know, did okay, but didn't do the best, yeah. get uh, get a second chance of life. It was really nice. Yeah. Still still trying. Still really trying. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Plus, that Horizon demo looked awesome, right? Like, it did. From the, it did, and the uh, the Resident Evil stuff looks really cool with um, eight. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people will want to see that giant woman in VR. So that'll be fun for those individuals. Does she? I never played eight. Does she like step on you like from like a first person so. perspective? Yeah, I think God so. damn, that is going to set the <laughs> internet on fire. Uh, next comment kind of plays into some of your games you're talking about. It definitely plays into Resident Evil. Horror games are back. It feels like, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Summer Games Fest uh, showcase itself in particular, they showed so many horror games and they were all like space themed. Yeah. Which was like a lot of people were kind of annoyed by that, I think. But I was personally really excited by by that. Honestly, Dead Space is I I love that vibe. And so to see that come back in full force, I'm in. I was like kind of bummed they announced an Aliens game because I bought Fireteam Elite last summer, last fall, whenever it came out. And yeah. the game had its moments, but it was like overall just like kind of like a rushed mess. And I was like, I can't believe they're releasing like another alien first person shooter. Like me and my friends were like texting each other. Like, are they yeah. redoing Colonial Marines? Like, are we, are we <laughs> really going to do this? And then it becomes like an isometric third person, yep. like RPG almost. I'm like, oh, that sounds way cooler. Like, I'm super yeah. into that. I'm way into that. Yeah. Excited for it, that one. Aliens Infiltration, that was like the Metroidvania, like on DS. Yeah. All those years yeah. ago. Yeah, that game was great. Yep. Final comment before the questions. Uh, Skate Story was officially announced. That is a game I've been following since it was just like a six second clip on Twitter that I managed to see. <laughs> but just a cool ass looking skateboard game where it looks like you're like one of those, you know, silver liquid metal people from the Capri Sun commercials. Yeah. On a skateboard. Dude. So super into it. Love it. Always wanted to be one of those guys. All right. My my questions. <laughs> Keeping in the skateboarding realm, where the hell is Skate 4? Like, I know EA wasn't Dude. there, but, like, where the hell is Skate 4? <laughs> what, 
when was that was that announced last year or was it your the year before i can't recall it was the, i'm 99 sure it was the year before i was thinking it was too so that game has just disappeared you know what else has disappeared by the way um beyond good and evil too oh dude okay so my next question what about other games from reveal showcase era like the devil inside like because like stray is coming out Ooh. in july right they announced stray would be like a playstation yeah. plus extra game in july yeah and that got me thinking yeah what about the devil inside what about goodbye volcano high which was it looked mm-hmm. like a big mm-hmm. like indie story game Yep. And then in the Xbox reveal showcase, there was this game called Bright Memory Infinite, which was like the yep. super fast paced first person shooter. Apparently that's all developed by one person, which is just insane. But yeah, like where are all these games? Like, I feel like we're getting to the point where it's like. If they were ever going to come out, it would have happened already. And the fact that they haven't. Yeah. Beyond Good and Evil 2, Prince of Persia, like all these games where I'm like, if it Skull doesn't happen. It, yeah, exactly. If, if it doesn't happen in the next year, I feel like it's just absolutely not going to happen. Next question. If it's now called the Microsoft Bethesda Showcase, is it soon going to be called the Microsoft Bethesda Activision Blizzard <laughs> Conference? You know, that's a great question. And probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, how long does Microsoft need to own Bethesda before we understand they own Bethesda and they no longer have to refer to it as Microsoft Bethesda? Well, you know what I'm more trying to figure out is how long after they own Bethesda, when are we going to figure out what their deal is with Game Pass and exclusivity? Because I'm still totally lost as to what they're doing with each of their games. Yeah. Also, you know a game would have like probably been my game of the show if we just saw literally anything about Indiana Jones? Oh, yeah. That's true. Because that was a couple years ago, too, they announced that. Sure was, wasn't it? Um, Next question. Would the Capcom event have been the best event? if all the Resident Evil news from State of Play was saved for the Capcom event. Oh, absolutely. If that they had been the saved on Resident one. Evil 4, yeah. If they had if they had saved on Resident Evil 4, that would have been, without a doubt, the best event. Okay. In my Next. eyes. Yeah, no, hey, that's why I asked you, bud. You cared enough to stay. You didn't have to go pick up dinner at 9 p.m. <laughs> I miss you, Elijah. This next question, I feel like, is for you. Did Sony blow it with Hideo Kojima or did they just never have a chance? Because like he came out during the Microsoft show, they announced they'd be working together. And so like I feel like we're getting into the age where like you kind of have to lock up talent when you can. Like I feel like that's been the move behind Microsoft acquiring Bethesda and now Activision Blizzard. And I feel like we're just going to see a lot of movement in the next couple of years of as people sort of consolidate. So like did how did Hideo Kojima did he pass through Sony? Like, did they blow it? Or was he just like so shell-shocked by his experience at Konami that he's just like, no, I'm actually not going to be exclusive ever again. You know, I've thought about this. I'm trying, I would love to get inside his head because I'm... Oh my God, sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really curious. I mean, I think it really could be the latter. Like, I, I really, I'm kind of convinced at this point that like, if Sony or Microsoft came to him and said, hey, we want to buy Kojima Productions, that he would decline it, mm-hmm. like no matter the money. Because I don't know, I just think back to those days with with Metal Gear Solid Five releasing and the struggles he went through. And I kind of wonder if he's kind of in this mindset of, I want to be independent forever. Yeah. And whatever company contracts me out for some exclusive game, that's fine. But I don't necessarily want to be a Sony studio, a Microsoft mm-hmm. studio. So... 
I don't know. That's just kind of my guess. But no, it's a good point. You know, I'm I'm curious if something went wrong with Death Stranding um, on the you know the back end Sony side as far as their contract or or something of that sort, or if he was just kind of of the mindset of, hey, Microsoft gave me enough money to jump over here, or if he personally had interest in trying some Microsoft stuff out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 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 fascinating, and I know this new game, whatever he's doing. Um, is involved with the cloud. They're using some cloud technology. Azure baby. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but I, I'd love to, to kind of know that full story eventually. Mm. All right. Can you do me a favor and put some, put some shoes on? We're gonna go for a little walk with this yes. final question. All right, let's do it. All right. So the way Sony announced a couple months ago that like so many games were coming out, that were going to be like live service games, right? Like the like yeah. games like Destiny, <clears throat> yeah. uh, grounded from Xbox is coming out of early access. Does it matter that it's coming out of early access? Like if it's already been like if it's been in public consciousness for like what a year and a half, two years? Like does it matter that it's becoming like a finalized game? Like if this is the future of games where they are in early access for so long, like do we care anymore? So the only thing I'll say with grounded. And here's what I, well, before I go any further, I I haven't played Grounded recently, so I don't know what the community's like, but I feel like that game's kind of died off already. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking out of term on that one. Um, it might still be very strong, and I just don't know. But the thing I will say about Grounded coming out of early access is it looks like they're adding in like a single player story into the full release. So that that to me is kind of like, oh, that's that's at least somewhat interesting. Okay. but. As far as the other stuff, though, I mean, you look at um, Ark or uh, I'm trying to think of other early access games where they're just like, yeah, we're a full game now. And it's like nothing changes. I, I don't know. That's like a weird statement to me. Like, yeah. when, when did you just decide you were going to flip the switch and be a game instead of an early access game? <laughs> 100%. And also, God, the problem with video games is like how long they take, right? Because like, I feel like I've been hearing... I'm a little bit older than you, but like I've been hearing the discussion that like the minimum wage needs to be $15 since yeah, I was for 10 years. Like, tw- yeah, years. exactly. And so now it's like, well, actually $15 isn't going to cut it. Like now the minimum wage needs to be 20 bucks. Like if you had just done it years ago, then like we, you know, we, we could have saved ourselves a lot of time. And I feel like that's kind of like video games where it's like, they take so long to make that. I'm sure when Ark signed the deal with Vin Diesel, it seemed like <laughs> such a good idea and like not a ridiculous thing. But now, I don't know, man, that trailer where it's just like him riding a dinosaur with his daughter. I'm like, ah, this is probably not like the chord you were hoping to strike when you like, you know, penned that deal all those years ago. <laughs> so I'm not positive, but I want to say that Vin Diesel bought part of that studio. Like Vin Diesel is actually the one that came in with them. Uh, you know, so, it'd be cool dinosaurs. Yeah, because supposedly he's like a huge fan of Ark. And so he like is helped. He's helping to fund the game or something. So that's kind of a weird situation, but I totally agree. I was like, why, why is this a thing? Yeah. You know who it should why have been? You know who it should have been? Glenn Powell. That's who it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> Got, yes. Got to stop yes. reading books and start reading tea leaves. Okay. Glenn Powell <laughs> is the future. Yeah. So all good questions though. All good. Yeah. Those are, those are my comments. Those are my questions. Um, I think from now on with any major event, this is what I'm going to do because it was way more fun to just be like a hypothetical jackass than, <laughs> than think thoughtfully about what games mean to me. So I'm, 
I'm curious, uh, and this is my last question as well for you. Um, the one thing that was notably absent in my eyes uh, throughout this entire past couple of weeks was God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. Do you think that game is coming out this year? Yes. I think there's going to be another PlayStation event either in August or September. Okay. And I that's... feel like that's where we're going to get like a lot of like PlayStation plus reveals. Cause like, that's yeah. like releasing a video game without any of the pressure of selling marketing material to businesses without yep. figuring out logistics of actually moving those units. And it applies to PlayStation four and PlayStation five. So like they're not singling out a single, mm-hmm. they're sorry. They're not leaving behind a single console. So I would not be surprised if that was like a game that came out. I would be incredibly surprised if that was a game that came to like the PlayStation Plus service. But like maybe that's how you drive membership. Like maybe that's, that's true. why they're being hush about it because they're trying to decide. They're like, we could do this. Yeah. We could not do this. This is really going to make make some waves if we do or don't do this. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be either a quote unquote God of War state of play where they I know mm-hmm. they've done that in the past where they'll do like a horizon focused state of play and that's all they show. And yeah. um I think it's either going to be that or it's going to be exactly what you said where we'll get some of that, maybe some some PlayStation Plus uh game announcements, stuff like that in a in a little state of play. So but yeah, I agree with you. I think it's still I think it's still coming this year. But I'm always always curious about that. Um because it's just strange, you know. We go through all this this time without really much of anything on God of War Ragnarok, and I think they're trying to kind of pull off the Fallout Four style marketing, where it's like, all right, here's your explosion of gameplay and information, and by the way, it's out in two months. And I that's, think that's exactly what they're doing. That was the first thing I thought of too. I'm just like, yeah. oh no, it makes too much sense, and it'd be so funny too if PlayStation just started like stealing plays from Microsoft's book, right? Because <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think. Do you feel like we're in next gen yet? No, no, uh, honestly, no. Yeah, I'm like really excited to have like HDR and to have like a device I can play 4K Blu-ray disc like that's sick, you know, but like I still don't feel like I've played a game that's like, holy crap, this is only PlayStation 5 and like Ratchet and Clank is probably the closest. I think we talked about that, but also like you change that game 10% and it doesn't need to do that and it still just feels like a really good Ratchet and Clank game from PS4, you know, so like Right. Yeah, I feel like we're not quite there yet, but like that's the same on Xbox. Like I don't understand this perception that like Xbox is like the better console cuz like Game Pass is like fine. You know, like it's yeah. it's fine. Yeah. PlayStation Plus ex- Extreme whatever they call it. Like it's fine. It's <laughs> it's fine. You know, but like I just I want my socks rocked Austin. I feel like it's been so no, long. I agree. I mean, all I've really been playing on PS5 or on Series X is games that released on PS4 or on Xbox One. Um, so yeah, I, I really haven't gotten I, I totally agree. I haven't really gotten like a oh my god, next gen experience. I haven't gotten the motor storm of PS5 or whatever yeah. you want to say. Um no, I, I've been watching a lot of Netflix because like the one thing I will say about PlayStation 5, that media remote is fantastic. That is the yeah, best I need to get media one. remote since PlayStation 3. I need to get one because I just bought an LG C1 OLED. Mm-hmm. and the um ui on it is horrendous yeah even though it's a smart tv like i don't know what system on a chip they used for the the smart tv backend stuff but it is so slow and bogged down and so i've resorted to using my my ps5 for everything so i i need to get one of those things for the remote so i can just quickly use it without having to use the controller 
Man, we're recording this on a Wednesday. I was up super late last night. I was so anxious. I was like a wreck last night. Like I just like kept having like sporadic panic attacks. And so I was like trying to read comics on my phone because like the smaller font size like makes me squint more, which in theory makes me more tired. And I thought I could just fall asleep. Yeah. I got an alert from Wario64 saying like 55 inch Toshiba 4K HDR TV hundred dollars with coupon i was like that can't be that can't be right <laughs> so it's an eight hundred dollar tv that was three hundred and fifty dollars oh off or sorry four hundred and fifty dollars off and then it had a three hundred and fifty dollar coupon and i got confirmation today that it shipped oh so you ordered or, one i ordered one last night i'm like oh. yeah well i thought it was gonna be like i've done like there was like free games on xbox before right and like you buy it because it's right. like an accident and then you just get like a ten dollar coupon or whatever yeah so I was expecting to like place this order, get like a ten dollar credit from Amazon. Be like, okay, cool, I'll use that to buy a few good men on Blu-ray or something. No, man, it like shipped today. Like I'm getting like a new fifty-five inch four K HDR TV for a hundred and five dollars with sales tax. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm so excited. That's a crazy that might, good deal. That might just be like my Switch TV. I'm very excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thank you all for, for listening on behalf of Elijah, who had to dip out on us. Uh, of course, you can always find us pretty much anywhere you know that because you're listening to us. But if you've got friends, please share the show with them. Let them know you can, they can find us on, on um, Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, wherever they get their podcasts. So let them know. Share us. Get us out there. Tell your friends to, to hear all of our, our rants about the Last of Us and, and Starfield, they'll probably hate us forever. And, so. and Top Gun. We'll bring yes. them back with Top there Gun. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, you can find us individually on uh, Twitter and, and the podcast itself on Twitter and social media as well at Frameskip Pod. I am at Austin J. Eller on Twitter. George is at PurpleBird616. It's also where you can find his sister show, Short Box Summary, all about comics. Uh, we are sisters, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Sister from another mister. Um, awesome. You know that, you know that <laughs> cool thing they do in podcasts where like people are still talking, but like the music starts to pick up towards the end. Yes. Yeah. Uh, really quick. I, in my head, Elijah went to go pick up dinner at 9 PM. Yeah. Uh, what dinner did he pick up? Ooh. Um, Fazoli's. Is that a, it, you can say genre of food. You don't have to, you don't have it's to get fast food Italian. Is it, is it good? <laughs> yeah, it's good. Okay. It's, it's, it's a northern thing. We don't have too many of them down here. They're like up in Ohio. And gotcha. I, I think there's still a few in Pennsylvania. I'm not sure though. All right. In my head, the music is starting to pick up right now. So I'm just thinking like, I think it was like a sandwich. Like I think like Elijah was so hard up for like Ooh, not quite yeah. a Philly cheesesteak, but like some kind of yeah. deli inspired sandwich. It's just like, well, yeah. it's been, it's been too like long. Italian, I need it. Italian yeah. sub. Get a little, uh, get a little sausage on there. Yeah. A little hoagie, a little grinder. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, speaking of Elijah and his sandwich, you can find him on Twitter and on um, Twitch at Loco Lizard Man. Seth, who is not here, is at Seth the 90s Kid on Twitter, and Coach is just not here and he doesn't have Twitter. So <laughs> thank you all for listening. Of course, please rate and, and review us on Spotify and wherever you get the show, and we'll see you next week. Is the music playing yet? It is now. <laughs>